welcome to everyone this morning, and especially if you're a guest with us today. We welcome you. We are so happy to have you in service with us today. Thank you for being here. To those of you that are joining us online, we welcome you as a part of this service. Those of you that are a part of this congregation and unable to be here today but are watching, we miss you. Pray that all is well. In Jesus' name. James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Begin reading with verse number 13. James 4, 13. Go to now ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city. And continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Did anybody did anybody start off 2020 with some plans for the year? Some vacation plans, graduation plans, wedding plans, big plans for the year, momentous, important. We've got young people here that that was their senior year of high school, college, they didn't have the normal ceremonies that you expect. That's, that's kind of what James is saying here. Go to now ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, instead of what you said in verse 13, go here, do this, this is our plan. What you you should say is, if the Lord will. If, if it's what the Lord's plans are, then we shall live and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boasting, all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. The Amplified Bible says, verse 14, this way, Yet you do not know the least thing about what may happen tomorrow. What is the nature of your life? You are really but a wisp of vapor, a puff of smoke, a mist that is visible for a little while and then disappears into thin air. The Living Bible says, verse 13, this way, Look here, you people who say, Today or tomorrow we are going to such and such a town, stay there a year and open up a profitable business. How do you know what is going to happen tomorrow? For the length of your lives is as uncertain as the morning fog. Now you see it, soon it is gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we shall live and do this or that. Otherwise, you will be bragging about your own plans, and such self-confidence never pleases God. Remember, too, that knowing what is right to do and then not doing it, it is sin. And then lastly, the Message Bible says it this way. Now I have a word for you who brashly announce 
today, at the latest tomorrow, we're off to such and such a city for the year. We're going to start a business and make a lot of money. You don't know. Is there anybody that ever started a business with the intention of losing money? You don't know the first thing about tomorrow. You're nothing but a wisp of fog catching a brief bit of sun before disappearing. Instead, make it a habit to say, if the Master wills it and we're still alive, we'll do this or that. As it is, you are full of your grandiose selves. All such vaunting self-importance is evil. In fact, if you know the right thing to do and don't do it, that for you is evil. And this is not the point of the message, but I will just take a moment to say we we tend to think of sin most of the time in the context of things you do that you shouldn't do. What the Lord says here through James is that it is just as much sin when you don't do the things you should do. In fact, I I would propose to you that the average believer sincere child of God tends to do more sins of omission meaning things not doing things they should than doing the things they shouldn't that was that was free I want to preach to you for a little bit this morning on a vapor Father, thank you so much for your presence. We have felt in this place today. We have seen manifested through the ministry that has taken place. Thank you for what you've already done in hearts and lives in this place today. I pray, God, now that through your word that you would speak to us today. God, we don't need to just hear words today for the sake of hearing words. We need to hear words that come from you, words that come from your word. So I pray that you would speak today. I pray, God, that in this place today, our hearts would be good ground, that the seed of your word could be sown into and produce something that has eternal impact on our lives. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father, I trust you today. Depend on you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It is amazing to me, and I include myself in this, so I am not referencing everybody else as if I am exempt. But it is amazing to me how much of preaching today has to do with the here and now. That the focus of it is about this life, bettering this life, improving this life. This, this, while there are many things in this book that impact this life and can improve this life, this, this book is about eternal things first and foremost. And I, I realize there's a lot of people that, that really they're, their, their initial or surface is interest in God is really about that. What, what is He going to do for me? What is He going to change in my life now? How is He going to improve my life now? And, and, and that is not the first and foremost purpose that God has. 
I became senior pastor of this church in 2005 and involved in pastoral roles years before that. And the last two weeks have been a first for me. Two weeks in a row I've participated in, officiated, done the eulogy of two memorial services back-to-back weeks, a memorial service back-to-back weeks. Not only was that unique, but one of the unique things also about it is the first one was a young man in his early 20s, and the second one, and to those of us that have crossed the 50 barrier, yes, if you're in your late 30s, you are young. If that bothers you, no offense, but I'll call you what the Bible uses for things like that. You are a fool. Enjoy it. Enjoy it while you can. Both of those are young. We, we, the world, I say the world, not necessarily everybody, but a lot of the world, and especially the, foot, the, the football world, last Sunday was shocked as a 24-year-old young man collapsed on a football field. I've, I've watched games before in which somebody took a hit that they laid there motionless because of, of an injury, and they, they've had to cart them off because they were uh, per- paralyzed in that moment, and some were permanently paralyzed from what took place. But I, I don't know if what happened last Sunday night, I've never heard of it happening before, where on a field a guy collapsed, and right there in front of thousands of fans, two teams, and a world of people watching the game live, uh, CPR was being done immediately on the field for a, a 24-year-old young man just starting out his career. Life is a vapor. It's a vapor. It's here today and gone tomorrow. I know that I'm somewhere kind of in the middle here today of young and old in this room and, 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 and I can tell you and I've talked to others that are older than I am. I just had a converse. We were at a wedding yesterday evening and, you know, it, it's kind of funny. My kids seem to roll their eyes now at it now, but usually if you get a couple of older people together, there's a couple of things that are going to come up. There's some guaranteed conversation topics. Aches in your body, the need to lose weight and get in shape. They're they're just a given. The second one, I think we talk about it because it we don't really always do what we should. So the fact that we're at least talking about it makes us feel a little better. There's a song that was came out when I was a when I was I think about it when I was a teenager and. Uh, and uh, the, the song was went something like this. If I could save myself with good intentions, I know that I'd already have it made. And But good intentions alone just won't save us. And there was, I said to my wife a day or two ago, I said, you know, rewrite that song. If I could just lose weight with good intentions. If good intentions were all it took to lose weight. I'd be skinny as needed. 
those of us that I, 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 so I said it last night at the table. I, I don't, and, and, I, and again, I know those of you that are in your 70s and 80s, and we got at least one here in her 90s. That's my grandmother. And I, I know you're going to, you know, you're just going to kind of shake your head at me. But I, 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 I can't comprehend that, that I have crossed the 50 mark. 50 was, that was all the old people and and now to be nine, to be nine years away from sixty. I'm not I'm not discouraged and depressed. Just just hear me, please. You may want to laugh a little bit now because we may not be laughing the whole time here this morning. It, it is I cannot comprehend. I think somehow in my mind, sixty is still my. That's my grandfather. Which both my grandfathers are not even here anymore. It's a it's a it's a vapor. And how sad is it that many of us spend the majority of our time focused on making the vapor everything we want it to be? We invest our energy and our efforts and, and, and the majority of our focus goes into making the vapor as wonderful as we can make it. And the problem is it's, it's a vapor. I, I think we live in some ways, if you're looking at it from a natural perspective, uh, I, what I'm about to say is is not what I would be saying, but from a spiritual, biblical perspective, you and I are living in one of the most awesome times in all of history. I most of you didn't say anything because you don't you don't agree with that because you're so consumed with everything that's going wrong and all the problems and all the issues and the difficulties and I will say it again from a natural perspective I agree but you and I today as believers are not supposed to think first and foremost from a natural perspective but we are supposed to think first and foremost from a spiritual biblical perspective and so from that perspective we are living in one of the greatest times to have ever lived. And one of the reasons we are living in one of the greatest times to have ever lived is because the distinction between light and darkness is growing greater and greater. There are people sitting in this room today that you are old enough that you remember a time when many things that are now not only accepted today but are being promoted today, you are li- you, you lived in a time in which the world, not Christians, not not super conservatives, but the world thought those things were wrong. There, there was a time in which the world thought adultery was wrong. And if you committed adultery, you tried to keep it hidden so people wouldn't find out. It amazes me how many things today we, especially as apostolics, get labeled for that used to, they were a normal part. Oh man, I'm, I shouldn't go where I'm about to go. It won't be the first or the last time, I'm sure. I'll, I'll at least say it kind of vaguely, but I just saw a clip the other day of a president, a president, at one point 
stating the fact that he didn't, he didn't understand this agenda of, of, of changing the definition of marriage. Who then at some point completely flipped. Oh, why don't I get a little bit bolder? And now, our current president, who now supports lifestyles that contradict this book. I saw a clip the other day of several years ago. Out of his own mouth, what you, hopefully you and I, but at least I, still stand for today. That now we are, there's something wrong with us. We get labeled, so we're, we're not tolerant and everything else that gets labeled us. That at one point was accepted in society. And so for what many of us here this morning we think is such a terrible thing in our world today, I'm going to say it again from a biblical perspective. We're living in one of the greatest times to ever live. Because at the end of the day, there is nothing hell can do to stop what God is going to do. Jesus said it himself. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Oh, there may be some opposition and there may be some struggles. But what you and I are here today to be a part of is something that's going to be victorious. Hell has tried for thousands of years to stop it. But God always has has a way. I, I got to tell you, I, I, I've grown up in this. This is, if you're a guest today and your first time, my, my parents started this church. They came to Maryland and they came to Annapolis in 1970 to start this church. I was born in 1971. And so I, I, I've been in this all my life. I've heard this all my life. And, and I've heard prophecy preached all my life end time stuff, and, and there's some folks here that have been around long enough, they were there. there, there were two different times in the late 70s, beginning of the 80s, that there were two different times, two different guys that were here for weeks in a row, four or five services a week, preaching about end time prophecy, biblical end time prophecy. I'm old enough that I, I, I remember some of it and I, I remember hearing that the mark of the beast was coming in a, in a, in, in, in a cashless society. Now, I got to tell you, for most of my life, I, I, while I believe this book, there's some things I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I just don't see how that's going to happen. I come on, I... We, I I believe the Bible, I believe what the Bible says, but you're telling me we're going to reach a point where we're going to have a society that it's going to be a cashless society? No, I can't. Anybody remember when you used to go places and and you made sure you had cash because a lot of places wouldn't accept your credit card? We went a couple of weeks ago, had a little family outing, and we were at an eatery, and I was I was handing out some cash to some of my kids to go get their food because I had cash. I didn't want to use a credit card. Only to you walk up. I, I'm sorry, but we don't take we don't take cash here. 
You know, and here, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Some of you get so caught up in, in you know, conspiracy theories. <laughs> I got something way bigger for you than a conspiracy theory. <laughs> At the end of the day, I don't really care. I, if you believe in them, and, and yes, well, they're real. Some of them are, okay, I don't really care. Because here's what I believe today. Everything, whatever happens, everything has got to somehow fit into the plan and the will of God. But, but we're now living in a day in which... There are things that are more and more real to us and things that we can understand more and more. It's, it's no longer a far-fetched idea to me that we could be in a society that, that, that there's no cash. We're not quite there yet, no, but, but it's now much more believable. You and I are living in a great time because we're living in a, in a time in which things in this book that it says are, were coming, we're starting to see them. The problem is, what are we going to do about that? Am I going to try to, to ignore all of that and somehow just keep trying to preserve my life? Or am I going to accept the fact that at the end of the day, no matter what's going on in the world, my life is but a vapor. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. Job says this in Job 7 verse 6 in the Message Bible, My days come and go swifter than the click of knitting needles and then the yarn runs out an unfinished life Job 14 and 1 says man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble he cometh forth like a flower and is cut down he fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not first Peter 1 24 says all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man is the flower of grass the grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away but the word of the Lord endureth forever and this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you and then Psalms 90 and verse 10 says the days of our years are threescore years and ten and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years yet is their strength labor and sorrow for it is soon cut off and we fly away he's saying you got about 70 to 80 years as the world would say it I don't believe this but I'll say it as the world would say it you got about 70 to 80 years if you're lucky here today it's gone tomorrow it's just a vapor just a vapor you know what's going to happen in a few minutes in a few minutes we're all going to be saying how in the world is it Christmas 2023 it happens every year we go get our Christmas decorations out and somebody usually more often than not, it's my wife that says it. It feels like we just put these away. It does. How? How? Where did, where did we? How did we get here? And yet, how many of us are trying so hard, investing so much of our energy and efforts into this life? 
say, what, what, are you, what are you saying, preacher? Are you saying I'm supposed to just sit at home all day and pray and read my Bible? No, absolutely not. Because here's, you, you, they're, 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 I've never read it, so I guess I really shouldn't reference it in any way, negative or positive, because I don't really know what's in it. But just based on what the title says, God's not, God's not interested in your best life now in the way you probably would define your best life now. Is there anybody that would define your best life now as being the life you have right now? Anybody. Come on, anybody. Is there anybody? I'm shocked. I usually, even with those kinds of questions, still get at least one hand. No. No. Is there anybody here today that from, I'll ask at least from a natural, some of you are going to get spiritual on me now, but from a natural perspective that, that there's not some things in your life, if you could change, you would change. Is it? Absolutely. Because none of us have what we would perceive to be our best life now. You, know, you want to know how to get your best life now? I'm going to tell you how to get the best life you can have right now, now, is to live for the life that is coming. You're never going to get your best life now living for what you may get between 70 to 80 years, give or take a few. You want to get the best life you can have here? That's make up your mind. I'm not living first and foremost for this life. I'm living for the life that is to come. I've heard a statement before, and I, they say somebody is, is so heavenly minded, they're of no earthly good. I think, I think oxymoron may be the term I'm looking for, I think. That's a, it's a contradiction. I think oxymoron is a more smart sounding way to say it. That's a contradiction. There is no way to be so heavenly minded you're of no earthly good. I will tell you, you can be so earthly minded you're of no heavenly good. But there is no way to be too heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good. Because to be heavenly minded really means I am being more and more mindful of what's in this book. And I got to tell you, the more mindful I am of what's in this book, I have found the better life I have here and now. That when I allow this book to govern everything I do, and I don't always get that right, but when I try to let this book govern everything I do because I'm worried or I'm concerned or I'm living for the life that is to come, you know what happens? I become a better husband. I become a better father. I become a better brother. I become a better friend. I become a better employee, a better employer. You can't get too heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good. vapor it's a vapor i mentioned this on thursday night my wife wasn't in here so i'll mention it much more discreetly because she's now in here we started on monday morning emptying out we've got a couple of attics they're basically off of rooms so it's not like in the ceiling whatever but a bunch of stuff Started going through all that stuff, and I think I think 
one of my boys, at least, I think they were, they started to call it the purge. So we've been working on the purge. And yesterday, yesterday there was a box I was trying to go through a little bit, and I, I started looking through that box, and, and in that box I found, I found a report from my, my, not one of my kids, from my kindergarten parent-teacher conference. All you non-sentimental people, you don't understand anything about that. Ask me why I need it. Because, because I do. I need it for moments like yesterday that happen every decade or so. I had some of you went to Antioch Christian School. I had my, I had my report card from like, I think it was 77 or 78. Found some other things in there. And you know what, the, the past couple of days, what I've done since then, I've tried, to, I've tried to sort of pull up some memories, even before that box yesterday. We went out the other day, the, what we now call the final four. Uh, my sons and my wife and I, uh, others have chosen to abandon us for other people. I... I, I look at my second daughter's Instagram every now and then, and and it, and, and, and and there's this guy on there, and, and it says, "My favorite human." I used to be that. I spent twenty plus years. I was the favorite human. We, we were downtown Annapolis, and we drove by. I went, to, I went to kindergarten in Eastport Elementary School. And, I, and then we got to talking, and we drove over and showed, showed my, my sons, my wife. Actually, I don't think she had ever seen it. Drove over to the house, that I first house I lived in, right around the corner from Windsor Avenue, Roosevelt Court. I, I, I was... In some ways, it was like yesterday. In other ways, it's like... Early 20s, late 30s. Bishop referenced it Friday night at the leadership meeting. Brother and Sister Kimberl, daughter, lived just over two months. I got a question. Is there anybody here that you've had a relative that lived to their 70s, 80s, 90s, especially 90s, that when they passed, you still didn't feel like it was too soon? I mean, yeah, we, we, we rationalize it more because they've had, but do we want them gone? No, because it's, it's a vapor. You want to make the most out of this life? Live for what's coming. You, 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 you want to be the most successful you can be in this life? Then don't live for this life first and foremost. Don't, don't live for the vapor. 
live for what's going to be eternal. And, and that's not, you know, I, I realized that somehow the last couple, couple of weeks or so ago, and I, I, I know some of you are very wise in this place. You're very smart, and you have no social media. You are, you are the smart ones in the room, but pray for the rest of us because we're on there, and more often than not, I realize it's, there's, there's, there's some wonderful things on there, and then there's a whole lot of things that are not helpful. And somehow, several weeks ago, this stuff started popping up on on my Instagram feed about you know these people who all were were they were they had walked away basically from religion and and all about you know living under this this mentality of hell and 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 so you living this life motivated by fear. Well, the flip side is this: some of us are not living because we're afraid of going to hell. We're not living and our lives are not motivated by this fear of staying out of hell. I don't really think that about hell all that much because there's something else that I am living motivated by. The old song says it this way. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me to the promised land. What a day, what a glorious day that will be. There'll be no more sorrow there. No more burdens for us to bear. No more sickness, no more pain, no more dying over there. But forever I'm going to be with the one who died for me. What a day, what a glorious day that's going to be. I'm living motivated by trying to do, not out of fear, but out of faith. Trying to do whatever I got to do. I want to be ready for that day. That day. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. I got a question before I read that. If, if you, And I know there's, there's varying you know, opinions and attitudes about New Year's resolutions. And there's a lot of people that just, they're on the side that they're just ridiculous, they're worthless, there's no point, you're never going to keep them. And, and then there's, there's others, and I'm probably in the other group, you're more in the middle. You don't usually keep them, but sometimes there's still a little bit of benefit out of making them and at least starting them. I got a question if you if you had I'm not going to ask you to affirm if you have or haven't but if if you're here today and you and you've made a new year's resolution or some some new year's resolutions I, I have a question for you what do those resolutions impact if you keep them what are they going to impact more the eternal or the temporal What are they going to directly impact? Because more often than not, the resolutions we make are more about impacting the temporal. I heard it on the radio the other day. What is, what is the most common, often made New Year's resolution? Lose weight and or exercise more. There's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. The, the, the Bible didn't say exercise, bodily exercise does not profit. It didn't say that. 
it says it, it, doesn't, it doesn't profit much. So I, I'm, not, I'm not at all promoting this morning we should be unconcerned because our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So I'm not saying we shouldn't try to, you know. But at the end of the day, it's... I know I've said it many times before that the old song says... Morning by morning, it's based off of a verse, but the song says, Morning by morning, new mercy I see. Those of us that are middle-aged, it's a new song, it's a different song. Morning by morning, new aches and pains I feel. It doesn't matter what you do. You can nip it. You can tuck it. You can color it. You can stretch it. It's all decaying. It's all decaying. And we want to spend so much time trying to preserve something that is decaying. And neglect something that is eternal. It's going to last forever. Luke 12, 15, And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he, and he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And this will I do. I will go down to the self-storage unit and I will rent more storage spaces so that I can keep containing what it is I am accumulating. That's basically in 2023 terminology. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. said it many times. I think I said it actually within the last several weeks, but I'll say it again today. I've been involved in and I've seen Numerous funeral processions in my life. But I have never, ever, and don't expect to ever see a U-Haul trailer in one of them. As the person is taking all of their possessions with them. Isn't it interesting that no matter what economic status you lived, no matter what educational status you had, no, 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 no matter any of those natural things, we all go basically the same way. I realize some are cremated, but just you'll permit me in the context of this example just to use the one example, but it's six feet under. And yeah, I know some may, be, some may go under in a little nicer box than others. But at the end of the day, in that grave, we all pretty much become pretty equal. Doesn't matter if you had or didn't have a 401k. 
I, I, I heard a joke the other day. This guy said, somebody told me I need to do a 401k. I'm not even doing a 5k. Why would I want to do a 401k? <laughs> Maybe maybe you've got stocks and isn't it kind of interesting that two of the primary financial instruments of the day are stocks and bonds. Anybody know anything about a little bit about, you know, history and stocks and It's kind of amazing those that have a bunch of stocks and bonds are often the ones that are most bound by their finances. And I'm not preaching against financial investment as long as that's not the focus. I, again, I'm not, I'm not preaching that you and I are supposed to be morbid, dull, boring people. In fact, quite the opposite. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. And not just that you might have life, but that you might have it more abundantly. But the way to get abundant life here and now is to live for eternal life. Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to be my disciple, let him deny himself. This is in the Amplified. Let him deny himself, disregard, lose sight of, and forget himself and his own interests, and take up his cross and follow me. Cleave steadfastly to me. Conform wholly to my example in living, and if need be, in dying also. For whoever is bent on saving his temporal life, his comfort and security here shall lose it, eternal life. And whoever loses his life, his comfort and security, here for my sake shall find it life everlasting and oh please somebody hear the question in this next verse what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life his blessed life in the kingdom of God or what would a man give as an exchange for his blessed life in the kingdom of God What is it that's worth trading your eternal salvation over in a life that is just a vapor? It's just a vapor. Even if you get to live to your 90s or somehow you cross the century mark, it's a, it's a vapor. It's just a vapor. What is it worth? What is it worth in this life? I... We, we, we celebrated, my wife and I, last year was our 30th anniversary. And, and I started the year before that saving up for we could go on a big trip for our 30th anniversary. We were going to go to Hawaii. And, and uh, then some things changed with health stuff for her. And we ended up going in the summertime with, with my sons. where They went with us. And, and as they say it, they, they took us on our 30th anniversary trip. But. I, 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 can, I can still remember thinking back leading up to that trip, the planning and the excitement of it. And it's, it's gone. I scroll through my phone and I see pictures and I'm like, what decade was that? It was only, only a couple of months ago, but it's just, it's gone. Again, I, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with, with, with 
enjoying things in this life, but, but them, they're not supposed to be what you're living for. They're not supposed to be what drives you and motivates you. Jesus said it this way. I've tried my best. Many of you here have tried your best as well. Not always getting it right, but I've tried to live this. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I've watched now most of my life, and especially even the years of pastoring, but I've watched as some people have worked themselves to death to try to achieve their dreams and their goals in life, and and, and houses and vacations and cars and all of this stuff. And, and they have achieved it, but at great expense. And then I've watched others that have made up their minds. You know what, I'm going to put God first. And, and I'm not always going to make decisions that are the most logical or the best natural financial decisions. But I'm going to put the kingdom first. And, and I've watched as God has, in essence, miraculously the things that others have worked themselves to death to get, God has just simply provided it for others because they decided, I'm not going to live for what is the vapor. I'm not going to give myself and, 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 and work myself to death over what is here today and gone tomorrow. We went yesterday, Brother Stephen Fox is now a part of Antioch been a part of us now officially as a member for about, I don't know, six, eight months. Been attending some for over a year now, a student at University of Maryland, but now is transferred to be a part of Antioch. And he got married yesterday, and, and it's actually, it's kind of cool. The girl that he married attends his Brother Reaver's church in, in, uh, in Baltimore, but actually she was one through our campus ministry at University of Maryland. So they got married, and now both of them are going to be a part of us. It was an absolutely beautiful day, beautiful wedding, beautiful time, just just such. I, I'm not here talking about some kind of boring, miserable life. Not at all. We, 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 I, I don't know of, I'm not trying to be offensive to anyone. I, I don't know of anything that... In the scripture, and I know there are those that do it, and, and, and I, I honor them, respect them for being willing to, but, but I don't know of anything in this book that tells you and I we're supposed to go live somewhere separated from the world and, and, and do nothing but pray and read our Bibles all day long. In fact, I know otherwise because Jesus himself, in the last little while that he was on this earth, he prayed and he prayed this prayer. He said, Father, I, I'm not praying for you to take them out of the world. I want you to leave them in the world. But I pray that you would keep them in the world. Because how are people that have no hope? And how are people that are living in darkness? And, and how are people that are living with depression and anxiety and fear and Sickness. How, how are they going to know what Jesus can do if there's nobody around them Jesus has done it for? So again, I'm, I'm, I'm not preaching a miserable, boring life. I'll say it again. I, you want your best life now? The way to get it is to live every day striving for the life that's ultimately to come.
referenced her a couple of times this morning. If, in fact, Jesse would have somehow in the last six to nine months gotten a heart, gotten heart transplant and was still with us today, she'd need another one at some point in the future. God extends your life, if God heals you from sickness and you stay here, that's wonderful. No matter how long you stay, no matter how long you got here, it's just vapor. Oh, I, I, I know, I know this is the first Sunday morning service. Last Sunday morning is the first Sunday of the year, but this is our first Sunday morning service. And what an awesome presence of God we felt here today and awesome things God has done. And, and, and I, I, I promise you, really, there's, there's a part of me that everything in me wants to just give you some fluff. But you know what? We, we can get fluff all over the place now. I like. I know some of you don't. Some of you have grown up. Some of us haven't. I like cotton candy. If I'm at a ball game or something and there's cotton candy, you can guarantee I'm getting cotton candy. And as long as I live and as long as I'm not diabetic, I'm getting cotton candy. But there's just, I mean, it's sweet to the taste, but there's, there's, Nothing to it. Are, are you living off of a cotton candy spiritual diet? Well, it always tastes good. You, you know what the Bible's talked about in the Old Testament? The, 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 the shoe bread, the show bread, however you're supposed to say it. It was it was it wasn't pleasant to the taste. To the taste to the mouth that wasn't very sweet but the Bible says to the to the belly it was sweet maybe some of you are sitting there going Ugh. you know what if you if you just if you just really try it if you just really make up your mind I'm not going to live for what is simply a vapor live for what lasts forever. You'll find out what may have seemed bitter to the taste becomes very sweet to the soul. Would you bow your head, close your eyes right where you are? right now, not an invitation to join a church if you're a guest. That's not what this is about. I want to give an invitation to anyone and everyone that would this morning. First, again, first Sunday morning service of the year. I want to invite everybody that would. It doesn't matter what stage of your walk with God you're in. If you've never been born again yet, you whatever. I, I don't, I don't. Anyone and everyone. But you're, you're here this morning and as we start off a new year, you'd be willing to make a commitment that says, Lord, by your help, 
by your grace. I'm not going to live this year. I'm not going to live another year where my first and foremost focus is on what's the vapor. But I'm going to put my focus on and live for what is going to last. If you're here today, again, whether you're a guest or come here all the time, if, if you'd be willing to do that, just kind of as know an indicator of the starting of this new year I want to invite you just to get out of your seat just come stand down at this altar and and in some way or other whether you repeat some things I've said or if you come up with some other things would you just would you take some time right now or or maybe this maybe some of you know you know I, I don't know if I can do that I don't know maybe if I'm ready for that would you would you at least be willing to, to tell the Lord today, Lord, I I want to do that. I want you to help me. I, 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 don't, I don't know that I have what it takes to do that, but I do have a desire. I have a desire, Lord, to live my life for the purpose of the eternal, not for, not for what's temporal. I want my focus not to be on something that is here today, gone tomorrow. I, I don't want my focus to be on something that the government can affect or the economy can affect or the climate can affect. I, I don't want that to be where my focus is. I want my focus to be on what's going to last forever. I want every day of my life, I want every step of every day to be influenced by living for what's to come. If you've never made a commitment to give your life to Jesus Christ and be a part of what He has for you, oh, I referenced it early, but I'm not going to try to be a salesman, but oh, what you're you're missing out what he has to offer and give that is above and beyond anything you could ever imagine Father I pray right now for every person in this place Lord your word says that you know that we're made from the dust of this earth and we've got weaknesses and frailties you know better than we even know ourselves, our human nature. And Lord, one of, our, one of our human struggles is to get caught up in living for the moment, living for the here and the now. And Sometimes it's hard for us to live a life with the purpose of eternity. I pray today, Lord, by your grace, with your help, that we would make that commitment today. It's not that we're going to stop living in this life. It's not that we're just going to be some recluse, but we're going to live a life that's focused on what matters for an eternal life. We're going to live a life, God, striving for, anticipating, hoping for the life that we have that your word promises that's to come. It's a life that's not going to be a vapor, a life that's going to last. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.
your prayer come on make that your prayer today none of us are where we should be with that every one of us in this place could all improve and develop more grow more in our love but that's the desire that's the that's what we're striving for I wouldn't trade you for silver or gold wouldn't trade you for riches untold. Oh, you are, you are my everything. You are the love of my life. You are the hope that I cling to. You more than this world to me I wouldn't trade you for silver or gold oh, I wouldn't trade you for riches untold you are you are my everything I had a thought a day or two ago Another one of those things I feel like I keep encountering the last couple of weeks or so is people who say they don't believe there is a God and mocking those of us that do. And 
and uh, it it dawned on me that if I live my life the way I've been living it and keep living it the way I am living it, I'm going to find out all of this if, if in fact it's not all real and true. You know when I'm going to find that out? I'm going to find that out when I die. But I'm not going to know. Because if there's no God, then there must not be an eternity. So when you die, that's it. So what am I, what do I have to lose? If I choose to live my life with the hope and the faith, there is a God. There is an eternity. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. And it turns out all of this was a, was a big lie. I'll never know. I haven't lost anything. But again, if you choose to go ahead and gamble, God, Christianity, the Word of God, living your life according to the Word of God, if you if you decide to go ahead and gamble that it really is not real, it's not true. And it really is. When you find out you were wrong, it's too late. So, you mean I'm going to live my life the way I've lived it? I'm going to keep trying to live it, experiencing the wonderful things I've experienced, and maybe... think that for (laughs) the slightest bit. What is there? What do you have to lose? Father, thank you for every individual in this place today, young and older. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I I realize, I I acknowledge even for myself this is, this is not what my flesh wants. This is not what my natural man wants to hear. There is something in my spirit man that resonates, that craves your word and the truth of your word. So I pray for every individual in this place. Again, God, whatever, whatever level of commitment they may be at in a relationship with you, a walk with you, your word today would would impact our lives. Lord, I don't know if I've done a very good job at it, but ultimately this message, this word today is intended to be a message of hope and encouragement, not a not a burden, not a negative thing, but quite the opposite in a world that seems to be getting more chaotic and crazier as time goes on the hope that all of this is it is just temporary but there is something coming that's eternal and Lord the things that your word promises about that eternal life are some amazing things so I pray today Lord that 
you would take words that I trust and believe you've given me to say today and let them be seeds in every one of our lives that would grow into something that would impact us, that would change us for our eternity's sake. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you again to all of you and especially our guests. Thank you for being here. If you are if you're new here and you have a hunger and a desire to grow in your relationship with God, you can stop by the area back to my left. Somebody back there can help give you some resources and guidance on how to do that. In Jesus name.